Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are looking back at 2020 to find the biggest learnings from 2020 and also looking forward to the 2021 and the biggest opportunities for this year. So let's get started. Hi, Ian. How are you? Hey, Mark. Good to hear you. Very well. How are you? Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. Yeah, big year. I know. High expectations. Um, we enter 2021. I am in New Zealand and everything seems fairly normal. And you're in the UK and uh, you're locked down, aren't you? And how, yeah, how long are you locked down yeah. for? Until March now. So, yeah, this is this is major lockdown number two after the yeah. first one. And obviously the first lockdown was, was very interesting for e-commerce, wasn't it? What what initially happened? Yeah, yeah. you know, well, I mean, we I kind of went into think, it. Oh, well, we went. We, the we? first lo- the first lockdown, everything was up in the air, and then it became, and we didn't know whether or not couriers were going to carry on, but it became very apparent very quickly that e-commerce was going to go through explosive growth, and it did. Mm-hmm. And in, initially, in certain, in certain things. Well, in certain things, it initially it, it, it exploded, and that was anything really in and around the home. So any products yeah. you were buying that was for your house, that you could consume in, in your house or your garden, it was great weather as well. They just did incredibly well, like home gym equipment and any DIY type products, home improvements. Mm. Um, and, any, any, and from a fashion perspective, any, any sort of sleepwear, homeware, you know, slippers and dressing gowns mm. and things like that. And they, they initially did really, really well. And then, and I mean like treble, quadruple stuff. Um, yeah. And then some of them, some of our customers had to take off their uh, add to basket buttons for a bit, didn't they? They were just couldn't keep up. I know. Unbelievable. And then, but then as you move further into the lockdown and the shop started to shut, there were, and you'd eat, you even got an explosion of growth in products that you wouldn't typically think would go well mm. in a lockdown. So even outerwear like um, suits and jackets and formal shirts, they mm. did well because the shops were shut. So there was less people who mm. wanted to buy formal shirts because no one could go out, but there were less places to buy. So everybody went online. Mm. So even those guys got, got really good growth. So it, yeah. it, it was very interesting, generally, the trend that was happening. Yeah. So what I wanted to do this one and this podcast is I wanted to kind of go over the, you know, the biggest things we learned in 2020 and then talk about the biggest opportunities for 2021. So um, obviously, let's start with 2020 and I'll start with one of my big learnings, um, which is akin to what you talked about on the Chloe Thomas podcast, um, which was about um, like finding out the, the, the ROAS. So like the, the, the return on advertised spend. And we talk about that a lot on the, on the podcast. So, so if you've got 
you know, um, paid advertising and you spend 10 pounds and you get 50 pounds back, your return on investment is, you know, gross times five, which would be a ROAS of 500%. And just from running um, some of our own brands and some customer brands last year was the importance of knowing that number um, intimately is so important to work out whether or not you can grow and at what point because as soon as you get an opportunity to grow you need to understand whether you're going to be a busy fool like it's all very well to sell you know hundred thousand pounds worth of stuff but if you've not made any margin and you're not made any money all you've all you've done is you've given yourself work of sending out products and someone else is making the money so it's it's so important to understand those fundamental um like the margins of your business. I'm actually going to record a new module for the course, um, which actually breaks this down in, into a much simpler way, just to kind of sense check this, because until you actually sit down with those numbers and actually work out the RAS properly, it doesn't re you don't really get the idea of what you need to hit. And, and we've got this conversation with some of our business partners at the moment, with some of the brands we're launching. And, you know, they're saying, oh, we could probably hit a ROAS of 500 percent and make money. And I'm like throwing then putting it into the spreadsheet. I'm going, well, actually, we actually lose one percent of that level at the current margin. So, you know, it's that business design that is fundamentally important, because if you think about that, that margin, that little window of, of gross profit you, you get is is where all your hopes and dreams have to pass through and if that's that window's closed you're not gonna you're not gonna do anything with your business so yeah. that was a huge learning from, from it, I mean I knew it but it was it was just yeah. making well, it, sure it, I think it, I think 2020 comp compounded it really didn't it but actually on the flip side it's not you know you, yes you, of course you, you know, you might be in a position where you are spending too much, but actually a lot of businesses we saw this year were not spending enough mm. and the ROAS was too high and they were thinking, oh, no, you know, we need to be careful. You know, we don't want to spend, you know, you know, that 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 extra 10 grand or or OK, maybe they were spending 10 grand. They didn't want to go past it. They just didn't want to do that. And actually the opportunity and, and the appetite and the margins was were there to push the ROAS much mm. further Let's say they've been sat on, a, you know, a times eight ROAS and they might have said, yeah. well, actually, we've done we've looked at the numbers and actually based on our lifetime customer value and and our margins and, you know, our upselling strategy, we can actually afford to go down to a times five ROAS. And that all of a mm. sudden opened up a huge amount of traffic that was now prop that was profitable, that they could let through the doors and recruit a lot more customers. And that boy, oh boy, is the fastest way to scale an e-commerce site. Mm. You know, just you've, open, you've hit the nail on open the, the gates. Yeah. Because as soon as you have, if you just got a one-off purchase, then obviously that margin calculation, you know, it, it is what it is. But then as soon as you feel like, if you add into it lifetime customer value and you see that people are buying on average two and a half times a year or something, then, it makes a whole different calculation and it makes you realize that maybe you recruit just to scratch your back. You basically, you don't lose money, you don't make money because you know you're going to get those other one and a half purchases during the year and that's where all your profit is. Mm. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's understanding that and understanding what game you're getting in, but you don't want to be going into a game where it doesn't work. So um, yeah. it's, it's about well, knowing look, what the opportunities but, are. You know, from the we said... It is. We've said this so many times, but I'll say it again because it's probably the most fundamental thing in e-commerce that we've ever 
learn and talked about it's how much does it cost us to recruit a customer and how much is that customer worth to us over a lifetime that's it that's mm-hmm. e-commerce and you know the game here is to be able to buy traffic profitably and you know you could go out tomorrow you click your fingers and you could get another hundred thousand people to your website tomorrow everybody could as long as the the, the market's there which in most cases it is but it wouldn't be profitable because, you, you know, you could only afford to buy with the website as it is at the moment. Let's say, you know, conversion rate was, you know, 2.1 percent, add to basket, you know, 7 percent, basket to order. Um, you know, let's say it's. I don't know, 65 percent, whatever that gives you a conversion rate of, you know, two, two and a bit percent. So based on that and your average order value that you've got, say it's 50 pounds. It means that you can only spend up to seven thousand pounds a month and still have a ROAS that works for you in a business that you make that makes sense. But if you improve the conversion rate or the average order value or the lifetime customer value, all of a sudden you can increase that budget for your paid advertising. So you can afford to spend fifteen thousand pounds a month or twenty thousand pounds a month and still maintain that profitable ROAS and that's mm-hmm. it so it's, it's so important to understand it and we've said this so many times but 2020 was you know even more important because it was and I said this on the Chloe podcast Chloe Thomas podcast um that there were parts of 2020 during lockdown that it was like being in in Black Friday every day you know it was mm. it you know so the conversion rate was there you know it's it stood up didn't it? Yeah. And the opportunity well, to recruit new customers was was very very real, and and actually a lot of businesses, you know, if they hadn't been looking at their ROAS, they'd, they'd have missed out the opportunity. But if the fact of their mm. business, there should be no limit on the budget for your paid advertising. You know, the limit should be on the ROAS. You know, it really yeah. should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that brings us to the second point, which you did allude to a little bit before, which was. Uh, the learnings for 2020, which was things that never were bought online before, were now bought on uh, on mass. So, like examples of that would be like people making craft chocolates, you know, pretty much any food, uh, craft beers, all those kind of things that you know people had got these businesses. They'd been selling maybe locally a little bit here and there, and then suddenly, you know, they had a website or maybe thought about it, and then suddenly just started getting orders from from nowhere. Um, because people were stuck in the houses and they wanted, they wanted everybody wants to eat. So, yeah. you know, those companies have suddenly um, have online businesses that they didn't have before. And they're obviously sitting there wondering, well, what's going to happen in 2021? What's going to happen next? And I think, you know, they're going into that with huge, um, what we call house files, they're the customer email lists. And I think that people are going to be buying those things online for 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 a much longer period because once you once people once behavior has changed and it's changed for a you know for a decent period of time which it will have by the time we're out of this those habits will be in place so if you've got your favorite craft beer and you get you're on a subscription and you get it sent every month you'll probably keep going with that because that's what you do now and that's how it that, how it is and that'll become mm. part of your life so a lot of these subscription businesses will probably do continue to do very well into the future. Uh, what will probably change will will be the recruitment of, of of them. They probably won't recruit as strongly as you did during the during the lockdowns. 
but you you know you you've got a business and it's got legs and it will it will continue to drive as long as you make the right decisions yeah yeah i, th- I mean that's that's almost coming into 2021 isn't it i mean in terms mm-hmm. of of actually what you do now you know yeah well let's not cover it until, don't give yeah, the secrets not, away let's wait no no let's wait yeah <laughs> spill suspense <laughs> Yes, exactly. So yeah. the last one for 2020 that I've got here that, that was a big learning was um, was supply chain. So um, those customers and, 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 and ourselves included, um, when we had a direct re- uh, relationship with the factory, or at least very close relationship with the factory, we did a lot better than if we were like, you know, third in the line, you know, like we were, you know, there was a supplier and then there was a supplier well, and then there was a, there was a factory. There was a shortage and stuff like of stock, wasn't there? Yeah, and yeah. you know, you to not have control of your supply chain, you know, is a, is obviously a risk. And, yeah, you know, there definitely was there was there were situations where a lot of our clients this year had sold had sold so much they just they just had no stock they had nothing left. Mm. Um, and 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 the ones that were down the pecking order obviously suffered the most. I mean, I know yeah. there were certain a couple of our clients predicted what was going to happen and went and bought very heavily and very aggressively um, and bought the stock so the other competitors couldn't couldn't buy it and that was one yeah. of their and on the, on the back of that you know trebled their November I mean it was you know yeah because huge. they were the only people that had the stock they were the yeah. only people that had the stock they were the only people that could have the, the clout to do that and you know, if you were a drop shipper in that industry, I won't mention the industry, then you're just going to be. You'll, you have to shut your business because they were literally a not taking any any more drop shippers on. B the drop shippers they got, they couldn't give stock to because, um, I mean, this this big customer had gone into the warehouse and said, okay, I'm, you're still going to drop ship it for me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna buy all that stock, so I'm gonna sell it, and you're just gonna hold it for me. Mm. But it was you know, it was it was those people who controlled their supply chains and had good relationships with them and you know the, the the factories wanted to make sure that those customers were looked after they were the ones that 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 did well and so therefore you know spending time you know looking after your supply chain is it pays dividends and and you know if you you know like say for example some of the businesses we've run like rather than choosing maybe three suppliers to try and get the best price of you know we might if for, for like a like two percent increase in in margin you know, it was better for us to kind of go say, no, we're going to buy everything from you. We're going to we're going to look after you. We're, you know what I mean? We kind of we look after them as almost like they're our client as well so that they treat us well. And that was a big that was a big learning rather than just kind of going right. Oh, I'm going to deal with you this month because you're giving this crap prices. You know, it was more of about how can we secure the relationship because well, we value also, what you're doing. Yeah. And I think also, you know, some some businesses gone got into a lot of mess by overselling this year. You know, massive mm. demand, hadn't got the stock control system sorted out and started overselling and had huge customer service issues. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. I know that I know that's the case with a lot of a lot of e-commerce businesses where they said, yeah, it looks great. We've done phenomenally well. But oh boy, oh boy, we got a tough time now trying to actually mm. deal with the mm. with the demand. You know, it's full yeah, but I mean, there's there's a lot of customers and that, that, that don't have direct stock feeds into the factories. And, you know, as soon as they start selling a lot, that becomes a big issue because then they suddenly go, oh, I've bought, I've sold that. I'm going to have a look at it. Oh, they haven't got any. They had some on Tuesday, but now it's sold out. So, you know, that that just causes a lot of headaches that yeah. are unnecessary, really. 
Yeah. Um, so it's just yeah. about getting all that that sorted out. So let's look forward to 2021 and let's look at the, the biggest opportunities that, that are available to us. New year, new, uh, new opportunities. So the first one I've got here is 2021 is, you know, building, building a community around your e-commerce business is, is, is huge. Now we saw um, some people do it last year with great success and you know it, it's it's going to continue to be one of the big differentiators uh moving forward and you know if you think about it the reason for that is we're all stuck in our houses uh and uh we want community more than ever we've got used to being part of online communities and we don't just want to buy from brands that um you know as a product a lot of the time we're going to buy from a brand that that has something else like yesterday i was doing a um a screen capture video for someone selling wool and like yarn and, and obviously you know if she goes and just sells out on google shopping uh, and she's selling wool from other people then it's just gonna be raised to the bottom isn't it it's gonna be like oh who can sell this wool for the cheapest but if she builds a community around that business she has a facebook group and she drives people into the facebook group and she says this is what we're knitting this month and this is what people have done and have photos People are going to want to be part of that and they want to be part of the, the business and they're going to be much more engaged with it. And they're going to go buy wool from her because they want to be part of yeah. the group and do what the group's doing at the same time, especially as if she starts putting bundles together where it's like, oh, it's this wool, this wool and this wool. And then if they have to go and try and do that from other people, they've got to go and buy it from those three different places. So it, building a community, especially for a product that's got a higher average order value, say you're selling something for over a thousand pounds, like someone I'm working with at the moment, they sell um, like an, a hydroponic vegetable growing um, pod that goes either inside your house or outside your house. So it's very popular for Singapore and places like that because it's you know, it's allowing people to grow vegetables inside the houses without any weeding or anything like that. And it pretty cool. much does everything for you. So, um, but of course, you know, something like that, it's it's a big purchase. So building a community and a, and a group around that means that you can have existing customers showing people what they're achieving with their pods and bring people into the group. And it becomes this like kind of like living mm. dynamic testimonial group. So people go, oh, I want to do that as well. So would you know what's community cool? around it? Do you know what's cool about community? Uh, and really, when we say a community, we, we're really talking about the social media and Instagram and, and Facebook and and those sort of places, really. And, yeah, but I think what, and, and, a little bit more in the, in the fact they, they're actually part of a group. So like, yeah. you know, like Instagram is fair enough and you've got followers on Instagram and you've got that kind of stuff. But actually putting someone into a specific group where it's like the walls are defined and you're either in a Facebook group, a Slack group or, you know, the other, you know, even a membership forum or something like that. But something specific where they feel part of, you know, there's, yeah. there's, the, there's the, like those people outside aren't part of the group and, I've done something to actually say, yes, I am part yeah. of this. I mean, it, you know, Twitter is an example of this, isn't it? But there's loads, there's, you know, the, the, all these things. But the great thing about, the com, you know, a community is that it bypasses the the traditional paid media as well. Mm. So that, you know, if you think about the alternative, if, if this lady had not got community around her wool that you were talking about before, mm. you know, she would have to go and advertise this on Google Shopping. And... Mm. And, t and Google text ads. And of course, that's going to cost her a lot of money. And also, she's going to be then compared instantly against everybody else 
Whereas if she's built a community around her, she's got this captive audience who trust her, the credibility and trust is there, and the sale is almost done before people even get to the website, you know, and, mm. you know, it's, so it's really powerful. And if you think about it, it's kind of like going back to what it was before the internet existed with all these specialist magazines, you know, when you'd mm. have, a, you'd, I mean, obviously they still exist, but, you know, I mean, I remember businesses that we know who've transformed from, from advertising in these very niche little publications like boat, boat, boat owners monthly or boat owners weekly. And they used boat, to put ads boat, and boat to... owners weekly. Yeah. Yeah. And they used to sponsor the competitions in the magazines and they would do the Q and A's and they'd be the expert guests and, and they'd take ads out and they were, they, you know, they, they basically had the credibility and authority through that. And that's really the same. Those people now, if they were starting up now, they would be, they would be doing this through all of the social media channels, wouldn't they? Creating this community Mm. around it and all Mm. great content and authority led and all that sort of stuff that we all talk about. Um, and I think that's well, think about kind of even take it back further. Like, think of a like um, a, a local bar in a um, or a pub in a in a village. So like they live or die by creating a community around the customers. You know they they're, they're friendly. They everybody goes there. Everybody, they know they're going to see people there. They, you you go there to be part of a community to be part of something. And those are the best, you know, those are the best businesses. And there's one in St. Helens down here yeah. that, that does that and people, it was a community. So, you know, if you can do that for any business, if you think about even like a, a local grocers, you know, you go to the grocers because you're going to go and see Bob and I might bump into so-and-so. And it's like that community of things that that, that we all kind of crave that we didn't don't get. And so building a community around the business actually makes a big difference to, to whether people shop there and it becomes, becomes less about price and it becomes more about being part of something especially if the business has got a like a bigger mission you know a wool business she's not trying to sell wool but she's trying to get people to uh um you know knit more and 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 yeah be well, it's, more relaxed it's an opportunity out. it's an opportunity to get the job to be done across isn't it you know the job mm-hmm. isn't to buy some wool it's to make some amazing you know creation like a lovely rug that you can give to your family at christmas and they're all gonna you know it's all gonna be great it's that sort of thing isn't mm-hmm. it and it adds mm. credibility and trust. But it's a big thing to say that, go create community. You know, you, you have to, you know, we'll probably do a podcast around how to do it mm. at some point. It is um, big. And, it's, and, and when I sat there before I created some of the communities that I've created, you know, the, the fear is that what if no one joins? Um, what, what if one person joins? You know, but I think. I also, you've got to you keep have going because you will get just one getting... person join. And then, but then you go, oh God, I've only got, you know, one one person but you have to keep going and you get to this critical mass yeah. and it you're just critical mass easy. and you've just got to look after the people that's the, the early founders you've just got to really look after them because at the end of the day you know if you get those 10 20 people at the beginning and you look after them they'll share the message and that's just yeah. how it works um so but it does feel you know you can be doing it sometimes you can be six months in and you think well we're going and and then it just kind of hits a tipping point. I mean, look at this this podcast. You know, when we first started doing it, we we're like, oh, we're doing a podcast like everybody else. And we, we just knew that dad we who listened. That was it exactly? And we well, we knew that. Criticize us, you know. Say Mark's it, better than you, Ian. No, <laughs> that's what he said. It's true. But the, the thing is, you don't get like until you have a decent number of episodes and people come, they just go, oh, there's only got three episodes. They're probably just having to go it. You know, like people aren't going to stay and watch it. But when they come and they see there's like, you know, almost like 100 episodes, they go, oh, this is established podcast. People are looking at it. And then obviously they can see the downloads and stuff like that. But it, it's just 
um, it's hitting those tipping points in those communities mm. and it's, we've got to put the work in. But the reason you put the work in um, is because those assets are, are, are huge for a business. And if, if you know, if, if they are like the other bank accounts, aren't they? Like you've got the bank account is the, uh, you know, actually a real yeah. bank, the money in the bank. And then you've got the bank account is the, the house file list, the amount of people on that. That's like another bank account you can go and draw well, money from. Them up. And the community is, is yeah, another you've bank them up. You've got, you know, one of the hardest things to get online is trust and credibility. And it gives you instant trust and credibility, not just for the people that are in the community, but the people who come to the site, you can see the community. You can go, wow, I want to be part of this. Look at all these people yeah. like me that have benefited from this website selling. Whoa, oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited yeah. to be here. It's that's the feeling. So moving on to probably the biggest thing to understand going into 2021. And... For, for my, unless you've got anything to add, I think I'm going to talk to you about about what I've noticed. And it goes, it's, is there anything else you want to add, Mark? Well, I don't, I don't know. The second point I've got for 2021 is, is converting the huge house fire that yes, a lot of people are I, now sitting on. that's what I'm going to talk about. That's what I'm talking right, about I'm now. Trying, I wasn't sure where you were going. thought you might be going well, You just have to weeks. let me go. You just have to let me go. And, right. you know, you can see me back. Anyway, you're absolutely right. It was, it was the, the huge house files so a house file is essentially how many people are on your customer database and a lot of businesses that we've seen over the last 10 20 years some of them i often say at the start they'll grow this business as quickly as they grow their house file and that basically means that you 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 want to recruit as many customers as you can and then you've got a big email database and you've got this herd you've got this this, this big group of people that, that like you and then it becomes really profitable because you really convert for converting them via either email or a direct type. So obviously, when you recruited them in the first place, traditionally, it's a paid advertising spend, which, of course, costs quite a lot of money. So, you know, £100 average order value is going to cost you at least 25 quid. You know, if you're a typical margin, typical average order value type business. So that's cost you a lot of money. So if they come back and buy again via email, it's practically free in terms of the cost for acquisition because they've already got them on your database. So what what's what's great about 2020 was that a lot of customers recruited masses, masses of customers that they wouldn't normally have recruited because there was so much appetite. Now they're sat on these big house files and they're going to go, well, what do I do with it and how do I get them to buy again? Mm-hmm. And if you think about some of the things that we would talk to e-commerce businesses when they're a little bit bigger, we would start to get into segmentation and RFM and recency frequency modeling and things like that. And when you're, when you've got a small customer database of say, I don't know, 10,000, it isn't worth the time if, unless your average order value is huge, but if your typical business average order value, you know, 50 to 100 pounds, it isn't really worth the time to go in and start to do loads of segmentation around your database and really understand it. But as you you might be now, you might have 50,000 people on your customer database. And that's where you can really go in to understand who these customers are, what they bought initially, what they want to buy a second time. And and really, it's it should be the profitable era, you know. We're not going to get this continued growth at the same level 
you know, going into 2021. So it's about monetizing this this list. And it really probably has catapulted your business. 2020 probably, you know, it was like three years in one in terms of the mm. natural growth that you would get. It kind of, I mean, some businesses, it was even more than that. So really, it's about how you get the customers on your house file to buy again. Because if they don't buy again, it was meaningless. You know, there's mm. no point. Now, the the biggest thing that influences repeat business or lifetime increasing the lifetime customer value unfortunately is down to the product you sell you know if you're selling something like contact lenses you're naturally going to have a much higher repeat business than if you're selling a, a sofa you know naturally so you you have to factor that in but really um you know if you were selling a sofa you might be thinking about other products you could add to your range to actually increase the lifetime customer value so the throws and the you know the, the soft furnishing the other things but generally speaking you know the biggest things that i see i've seen increase lifetime customer value will repeat business is you know post-purchase emailing straight away so they're more likely to buy straight away in the first 30 mm-hmm. days if they don't buy in the first 30 days they're less likely to buy um you know in the next 11 months so hit them hit them when they're hot with email Mm. look at loyalty point systems but not a point so you actually need to communicate the cash so think about what you can give them to come back and think about the the free delivery so what i'm essentially Mm. saying is if you if it costs you 25 pounds to convert a customer initially you might find that if you threw you know, £10 at them on the second purchase through free delivery or, a, you know, a discount, um, some discount cash off. It might it might be much, much cheaper for you rather than having to go out and recruit a new customer and pay £25. And obviously mm. it's it's so it's, it, and it normally is. It normally is significantly more efficient to get a customer to buy twice rather than having to recruit a whole new customer again. So that's the big thing now is looking at the lifetime customer value and really and getting into that. To that. Because what yeah. you were talking about was good. And it, it, there's a human psychological uh, uh, thing, which is fear of loss. We're a lot more um, bothered about losing five pounds than actually gaining five pounds. It's just built into human psyche. Um, if you've got something and it's taken away from you, um, mm. It triggers you a lot more. So if you can give a customer like uh, what looks like to be a physical five pound voucher and then you say this will run out at the end of the month or in 30 days and then you email them like four, you know, two days, three days before that runs out. And so this is about to run out. This coupon's about to expire specifically for them. You're going to trigger that that fear of loss. And, you know, so, you know, having a five pound voucher or five dollar voucher is as powerful as actually them getting maybe 20 quid because it's it's just it's just the way the minds works i don't know why we're geared that way but that's well that's it's yeah we exactly it's you know you can give people discount off but it's actually you're right you know having um even a lower monetary value as an actual voucher cash voucher that you're going to lose and it's very powerful mm. isn't it but if you know it, it's different for every client every e-commerce business you know there's a better hook but you but you've really really got to think about how you can get them to buy again because if you don't get mm. your customers to buy again you one hit wonders 
and you're going to have to pay to recruit your customers all the time. You know, if you want to scale to 10 million, 20 million, 50 million, it's just going to cost you millions of pounds because you're having to pay for every single transaction you get. If you can mm-hmm. focus on the lifetime customer value and get the repeat business up, you've you've game changed it. You know, it's huge because mm-hmm. what does that do? Going right back to the first thing we said, if you can get the repeat business up from, say, 1.2 times a year to 2.2 times a year, that means you can be more aggressive with your ROAS and your advertising budgets because you can afford to be because you know you've got the repeat business coming in. So it's it, mm-hmm. it, it massively comes back to that initial point about understanding your return on ad spend. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing with the email is to kind of understand when a customer becomes a lapsed customer. So, you know, what is the probability that they haven't, if they haven't bought again by a certain point, maybe the probability that they're not going to buy is again is like 99%. So it's almost like you can think, well, if they've been on the list and they've not bought again for this period of time, I can probably, you know, probably from probably statistically say that they are a lost customer. And therefore, at that point, you go, well, if they're a lost customer, I can probably afford a little bit more than I would normally to try and recruit them back because, you know, I've lost them. There's nothing to lose. I'm going to have to recruit new customers at that point. So, you know, then you can you can then send them what we used to call our killer offer, which would only be sent to lapsed customers to try and get them back. And, you know, it's it's like uh, um, it's you've got no. Yeah, it's like, well, it's just it's just no brainer, isn't it? Because they've gone, you know that they're gone, then you know they're not going to come back and buy because they're lapsed. And therefore, you know, you can um, you can you can give them your best offer because you, you, you they're not going to buy anyway. And the danger is if you give that killer offer to people who are going to buy anyway, you know, who are you know going to come back, then you, you, they would have bought anyway and you didn't have to give away such margin. So it's understanding that lapsed. When, when a customer is lapsed. So there's all those little segment, well, there's the basic segmentation stuff that you would do first before you'd even get into like, you know, is this customer going to buy these types of products, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, And the whole um, thing about giving them the wow experience, you know, so when they buy yeah. something, you know, give yeah. them the unexpected and make them feel really excited about it and they're joining a club, joining a community, all those sort of things. But it's a massive one. <laughs> You know, yeah, it really it's going to be a good unboxing experience. People people love unboxing stuff and they put those videos on YouTube unboxing. And so, you know, what's your unboxing experience like? Is yeah. it is it something that's a wow moment? Is it something that they would actually share with people on social media? Or is it just a bag where they just open it and they've got it? And it's like, well, okay, you know, that's not very exciting. So, you know, there's little things you can do with the unboxing experience to make it a bit uh, nicer fun you know this little mysterious gifts and you know one of the artists we work with he put little um there was these kind of little figurines that he put in and then people would then tweet which one they got and people were just buying new other products just to see which which other little figurine they were getting i mean it just <laughs> these little games that people play it's amazing what people get into um mm. and um you're working with human beings who, who want to be part of something so that's important and yeah. So the other, the last thing for 2021, which I think is going to be very, very important, and we've seen this shift uh, throughout the year and probably the past couple of years, is that that people want to buy from people and they want to buy a, a buy, you know, mm. to connect. You know, the reason they're going online and the reason they're buying from non-corporate businesses, you know, slightly smaller businesses, and even if you're doing 20 million, you're still a small business really in terms of, you know, uh, global um, things is that they want to connect with the people behind the business and they want to know who they're buying from. So if your product page is your landing page and people, that's the first impression of the business, you need to answer that question. 
So like when I was doing a lot of copywriting, um, it was always about the first question was like, what's the voice? What's the voice of this sales letter? Who's speaking? And that was the hugest point because that was like, well, should I trust this person? If you like met someone on the street, you know, if you went if you know, on the street and you saw you pull down your car window and someone tried to tell you something, you looked at them, you go, well, I'm not going to trust you because you're just some random person that's come up to me. But if the voice is there and it's kind of like, well, I can see they're like me. They've got children like me. They've, you know, they've, they live in a similar place to me and I trust them. And, mm. all, you know, that, that it's the voice of what's being sold. And, uh, and if you look, at, get I think you look at some of the fastest growing e-commerce businesses in, in 2020 and probably before that, the uh, from from nothing there's a there's a personality there you know there's a there's a group mm. of people there and even big ones you know we're not talking about guys who are doing half a million we're talking about guys who are doing you know 50 million 100 million you know some of the yeah. big american e-commerce businesses you know there's the founders and it's a you know it's yeah. the family and the and the you know the hugging and holding hands and you you know you feel you can feel that and it, what does that give instant trust and credibility you know, yeah, proof, because they feel it? like there's someone behind the business that cares. It's not just a warehouse that's just trying to flog things yeah. with most money. And, you know, it, it, it's I do see this a lot with the very small people. I think they put their, their websites up and they're very afraid to put themselves into the business. But mm. that's what they need to do. They need that's to actually, it. It's probably the only thing they've it, got. Well, it's one of the yeah, things. Yeah, it is. It? it is. And we've seen people like who do this. And there was, there was a guy selling smoked salmon up in Scotland and he He's, you know, he's put himself into the business, put himself on there. People love it because they want to buy off a local fish whistle. Yeah. They want to know who they are. You know, if you compare that to going into the supermarket and just buying a, you know, like a plastic wrapped piece of smoked mm. salmon from nobody, you don't know anything about the product. You don't yeah. know who's made it. Well, if you, you think, really you know, it's one, it's go back to the, the three things that we said that you, you know, the, that you can go down when you're trying to scale an e-commerce business. It's brand, it's discounting, it's product that solves a unique problem. You know, and, and a lot of people mm. don't want to do, you know, or don't have a product that solves a unique problem. A lot of people don't want to go down the discounting route. So it's the brand. And the only way, you know, you're not going to go and spend a million pounds on London buses, are you? So what have you got? You've got yourself and then you become mm. a brand and you build a personality yeah. around that. And that yeah. gives the credibility yeah. and trust that a brand does. And that's what a brand is, isn't it? So put your face yeah. there on your side. Yeah, and also right like when people are going through things in lockdown you know we've seen our top brands some of them are doing 10 million plus they've you know the founders have been emailing the client list and saying look you know this is what we're doing we hope you're okay and they've been actually reaching out to people personally and it's not been a sales email it's just been it's just been basically this is who we are and this is what the community's doing and this is how we can help you and all that kind of stuff and it's 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 important to do because um you know a lot of the time that they're the leaders of their communities aren't they so they've got yeah, to step indeed. up and do it. Mm. Well, anyway, that's my three points for 2020, what we learned, and three points for 2021. And um, hopefully uh, some people have picked some stuff up from us there. Yes. God. Indeed. All right. Thank well, you. We'll, we'll finish it there. And um, uh, if people listen to this podcast and they haven't bought the book, uh, they can grab the book from book.com hammerseybrothers.com if they want to buy it in US dollars if they want to buy it in UK pounds they could buy it at uh, www.ecommercebook.co.uk and you can get started on the journey with us uh, we also run um, uh, very popular mentoring groups uh, which we invite people to so I think there's 
think so. everything's on a waiting list at the moment. But if you just get in touch uh, with, if you buy the book, you'll, you'll get the emails about it when it's open. So uh, I look forward to no working with you all in this far. They're, they've, they've all paused. They've paused the podcast. They've gone to the next episode. Have they? They're, mm. Yeah, they're not. They're not listening. No one's listening now. This is the exciting bit, though, when they can understand <laughs> how, I would how have, to get involved. I'd have skipped it. that. I'd have pressed the skip forward thirty seconds, or just right. gone to the next episode. <laughs> Maybe you're not a true fan, Ian. That's. I problem. don't know. I say I'm not dedicated yeah. enough. No. Yeah. Get rid of you. It'll be the hammer. See, no brother. one. It's all you. Put a comment on the end of this podcast if you still listening now. <laughs> No one will. The, Hammers, the Hammersley brother. And then, like, it's not... Yeah, that doesn't work as well on your own. No. 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 All right. Anyway, I'll speak okay. to you next week. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.